0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one studious page of Talmud every day. Do you like the show? I hope you do. And if you do, you should know we at Tablet Studios have a lot of other rockin' Jewish podcasts for you to enjoy. So stick around after the credits and find out a bit more about all these great shows and how you could support them and us today. And Ketubot 55, we meet one of history's greatest pairs. Forget Lennon and McCartney. Never mind Simon and Garfunkel. Move over, Jagger and Richards. Say hello to Rav and Shmuel. Rav, also known as Rav Abba Aricha, was born in Bavel, modern-day Iraq, towards the end of the second century. He traveled to Eretz Israel, the land of Israel, where he studied with none other than the great Rabbi Judah HaNasi, the leading light of his generation. Around the year 219, he returned to Bovell, eager to spread all the Torah he'd learned. But he soon realized there was already a sheriff in town, a giant named Shmuel. How much of a giant was Shmuel? So much of a giant that his father himself, a major scholar, rabbi, and decider, is known to us simply as Abuha di Shmuel, or Shmuel's dad. So much of a giant that the Persian king, King Shapur I, sought his advice regularly, and Allah, the biblical Joseph, had him interpret his dreams. So much of a giant that he was also an astronomer, a physician, and an overall genius in pretty much every field you can imagine. Now, having two such monumental figures at the same time and in the same place can generate magic or it can spell trouble, or as was the case for Rav and Shmuel, it could do a little bit of both. Because as it happens, Rav and Shmuel weren't just frenemies but also represented radically different ways of learning and understanding the world that are still so relevant to us today. Today's page of Talmud gives us a taste of these two fascinating approaches at work. It's a little bit long, so settle in, grab a cup of tea or whatever you need, and have a listen. I promise it's worth it. Here goes. But it was stated that Rav and Shmuel disagreed about a specific case with regard to the gift of a person on his deathbed, in which it was also written that the gift was given with an act of acquisition. There is a rabbinic ordinance that one on his deathbed can effect the transfer of property without the ordinary required act of acquisition, but in this case, such an act was performed anyway. In the school of Rav, they say in the name of Rav. He had him ride on two horses, meaning that he gave him a gift with a document strengthened in two different ways. And Shmuel said, I do not know what to decide about it. The Gemara explains the two opinions. Pay close attention here. In the school of Rav, they say in the name of Rav, he had him ride on two horses, meaning that he performed the transfer in a manner that took advantage of two separate halakhot, or pieces of law, to strengthen its validity. In one aspect, it is similar to the gift of a healthy person, and in a different way, it is similar to the gift of a person on his deathbed. Both of these aspects act to strengthen the transfer. On the one hand, it is similar to the gift of a healthy person in that if he arose from the bed and recovered, he cannot retract it since he performed a proper act of acquisition. On the other hand, it is like the gift of a person on his deathbed in that if he said, my loan, i.e. money owed to me, is transferred to so-and-so as a gift, his loan is in fact transferred to so-and-so. Although ordinarily ownership of a debt cannot be transferred without a formal transference of the promissory note. The verbal statement is sufficient to affect the transfer since this is a gift of a person on his deathbed. And Shmuel said, I do not know what to decide about it. Perhaps his performance of an act of acquisition indicates that he resolved to transfer it to him only with a bill of sale. And since his intention is that the sale not take effect until he also gives a bill of sale, the transfer does not take effect as a bill of sale is not effective after the death of the owner. Whew! Okay, I know, I know, it's a lot to grapple with. But Shmuel and Rav were the two giants who laid the foundations of the Talmud as we know it. And if you pay close attention to this exchange, you see the two prototypes of scholars the Talmud gives us. On the one hand, we have Sinai. On the other, Oker Harim. These categories couldn't be more relevant to us today, as anyone interested in teaching or learning or really knowing anything about anything should explore the difference between the two. What's Sinai? It's a scholar who excels in reciting and mastering and committing to memory a great number of halachot or rules, precisely as he'd learned them from his teachers. Rav is the ultimate Sinai give him a question like this really complicated one we just studied of what to do with someone who makes a questionable gift on his deathbed, say, and he immediately reaches into his enormous mind like a human Google of all things Torah. He pulls out the relevant bits and he delivers a decisive decision. He's the sort of person you see in the library at 2 in the morning reading and taking copious notes determined to preserve and transmit everything just right. It's not hard to figure out why the Talmud refers to this sort of scholar as Sinai. He may as well have been there by the foothills of the mountain when the Torah was given. So committed is he to committing every word to memory. Shmuel, on the other hand, is an oker harim, which literally means he who moves mountains. The mountain mover is a guy with sharp analytical skills, a top-notch thinker, the kind of person who doesn't need to know all the details. He or she is accustomed to difficult problems, and when presented with one, he or she simply thinks his or her way into the heart of the matter and comes up with the right decision, like a logical mastermind. Here he is, for example, in this particular question, saying, what was the person's intention for the sale? Let's look at that variable and try to come to a decision. Ask the question, Rav reaches for the sources. Ask the question, Shmuel tries to think his way through the complications and implications. So which one is right? This is a Talmud, Jack. We're not here to deliver judgments. But we need both Sinai's and Oker Harim's if we are to have a community of learners. We need those who study deeply, and we need those who think boldly. We need those who look at precedent and those who try to think about intention and meaning and direction. We need preservers and innovators. We need those who look to the past and those who are eager to skip to the future. Both are crucial. Remove one and you only see half the picture. The Babylonian Talmud, the masterwork we spend a few minutes every day on this podcast studying was made possible only because we had a Shmuel and a Rav So here's hoping we could find some love in our minds and in our hearts for both type of thinkers and for both ways of seeing and understanding the world. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Libowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic, and we will see you again soon.